Hello there, this is Fiona, host and main GM for What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. This is a bonus Q&A episode to tide us over to the next one-shot, and it is indeed a very special Q&A, as this week I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing co-founder and CEO of Freely Publishing, Thomas Harastam, about the upcoming Dragon Bane RPG, a reimagining of the influential Draca de Morna. Draca de Morna is Scandinavia's first and biggest tabletop RPG, originally launched in 1982. Now, 40 years later, Freely Publishing have announced a brand new and reimagined edition, with one foot firmly planted in the heritage of decades of Swedish gaming and the other in modern game design, for which Freely Publishing is known for worldwide. The very first edition of the game was a translation of Magic World by Chaosium, but Draco de Morna soon took on a life of its own, evolving through a dozen various editions in Sweden over the decades. Now, Draco de Morna will be made available to an international audience under the English title of Dragonbane. Freely describes Dragonbane as a classic fantasy RPG full of magic, mystery and adventure. This new edition is designed from the ground up to facilitate fast and furious play, with very little prep time and adventures that are a breeze to run. With a toolbox that allows GMs to tell fantasy stories of all kinds, Dragonbane is a game with room for laughs at the table and even a pinch of silliness at times. Though the Kickstarter campaign for Dragonbane is over for the time being, and a scheduled release date for the core book being approximately August 2023, you can still access the better Quick Start PDF, including a complete introductory adventure and five pre-generated characters to play. I'll put a link to the Quick Start and to Free League's newsletter on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode's show notes. Brilliant. All right, well, we'll start with a very simple question. Who are you and what do you do? My name is Thomas Herrenstam. I'm one of the founders of Free League Publishing, uh, a role-playing game publisher primarily from Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah, pretty straightforward, really. It's actually uh, an honor to have you on this podcast because we've played through quite a number of Free League games and it's been quite exciting to read stuff, particularly about obviously Alien, which you were the lead designer on, and also uh, Blade Runner as well. But I guess we'll just start yeah. very simply. Like, how, how did you get into role-playing games to begin with and then obviously get all the way up to creating Free League? Oh, it's been a yeah, a bit of a bit of a long, long history. I, I started playing back in the you know the 1980s. Uh, it was a big thing RPGs in here in Sweden at that time. We had two games that were big here, Swedish games that were, uh, and one of them was Doctor the Mourner, which which we are doing now a new a new edition of mm-hmm. under the English name Dragonbane, and also the other one that was big back then was Mutant, which was for my very first uh, RPG when I was like 11. Uh, and we actually made a, a new edition of that game also called Mutant Year Zero that came out, well, it's actually eight years ago now. So, um, But those were my first two games and I kind of never looked back. I haven't played continuously. I had a bit of a break in the 90s and the, mm-hmm. but, but did other things. And the, but then I kind of came back into role playing in the 2000s and then kind of that started doing some freelancing and doing just for fun. And But then that kind of grew into the people, the circle of people who became freely we did freelance stuff for others and then uh, we decided that at some point to actually start start a small business it was very much something we did on our free time uh, first five years or something and then it kind of grew and took off a bit and we did uh, our first game in english which was mutant year zero and and that kind of built freely and it started things started happening and Tales from the Loop happened, then Alien happened, and and Blade Runner, and now we're here. 
yeah <laughs> what, a, what a quick overview which i appreciate yeah. you probably have to say every single time but it's such a, a fascinating history um i guess do you have a particular genre that you you go towards then obviously i, I know there's obviously lots of sci-fi lots of sort of uh, obviously the, with the swedish influence as well we will go on to dragon bane in a second but is, is there a particular genre that you're like this is what i want to do this is what i want to write for or want to lead projects on at all really i kind of like I'm not, I like most kinds of, of of genres really. So it's 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 been quite strange and interesting to do games like uh, Blade Runner, which I spent a lot of this year on doing. It's now Imagine. kind of done. It's being printed, and that that I, I mean I'm a big Blade Runner fan from way back. So it, it was a big you know huge super exciting and a big honor to do a game mm. based on Blade Runner. Uh, but then doing now Dragon Bane, which is very different in its tone. It's a fantasy game. It's more lighthearted, you know, you know not super serious. And, and it's very different from Blade Runner, but I enjoy both uh, tremendously. And I kind of enjoy moving from genre to genre to get some, you know, variety uh, in this. So, so yeah, doing different kinds of games has always been, been interesting to me. And I was interested only in like settings and genre, but also in, like the mechanics and the structure of how role-playing games are designed and played. That's always been fascinating to me. Absolutely. Well, let's talk then about Dragon Bane. So you sort of mentioned before, obviously, your first game, uh, Mutant Year Zero, obviously was a reimagining of that particular setting. And now, 40 years later, you're doing the reimagining of Dragon Bane. So for those people, I appreciate, for a Swedish audience, everyone knows <laughs> Dragon Bane. Yeah. And I know you've, you've already talked about this in other interviews, but for those people outside of Sweden who don't know what Dragon Bane is, could you give us a what what is Dragon Bane and how does it stand out from other RPGs? Oh, sure. Yeah, it started out really, I mean, the, the Swedish name is Draker och Demoner, which literally translates as dragons and demons. And that, you know, that started way back. There was a, a person, his name is Fredrik Malmberg, and he, he was an intern at Chaosium uh, who did RuneQuest and Call of Cthulhu and those games. He was an intern, I think, in the very early 80s. He came back uh, to Sweden and was like, this role-playing thing seems great. We have to do it here. <laughs> and they, he and some others started a company called Eventusved, which means adventure games. And they designed, they basically wanted to launch their own RPG. Mm -hmm. So what they did was that they actually, the first edition of Dr. Mona was a translation of a game called Magic World by Chaosio, which was a simplified version of RuneQuests, kind of a generic fantasy game that's kind of a boiled down version of RuneQuests. So they just translated that into Swedish and released it in 1982. And that sort of started taking off, but then they did a new version in 84, which where they changed it out and it was much more its own thing, even though it still had the same kind of base. And that game from 1984 really took off and became a huge thing. It was the kind of game that was almost everywhere in, in most homes, I'd say, at least where any home with a teenager usually had a copy of the Rocket Demona, you know, in the house, it was everywhere. It was like Monopoly. It was super common. So it was a big thing. And this game, it's, it's of course, the name is inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, I would assume. But, yes, but same, back yeah. then, I guess, you know, that was, you know. But uh, it's quite different. Uh, it, mechanically, it's different because it's more built on kind of the rune quest, Call of Cthulhu type of mechanics. Mm. And it's uh, less mechanically complex. It's more focused a bit more on storytelling. It's more rules light. But it's also a generic open fantasy game. Mm -hmm. Most editions, it's been a few editions throughout the years, have always had that lighter touch. Like you can play, you know, anthropomorphic animals have always been a part of it. Like you can, you know, the ducks and, and things like that. So that kind of 
puts a spin on the game that it's not super serious. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so that then there have been many different editions throughout the years. So I think ours is number 10 or 11, depending on how you count in Sweden. <laughs> but, so it's, but this is the first time from the very first edition that was, you know, Magic World being translated, but now we're kind of doing it the same in English under the name Dragonbane. Yes. Because we felt it'd be fun to see how this game whether that would work for an international audience who have no relation to the game or the brand right and that was a bit of an experiment but we thought it'd be interesting just to see because it, it's shaping up to be a pretty fun game so we figured why not do it in english as well yeah, absolutely. And definitely when I've had a quick look through the Kickstarter, as you said, it instantly, this idea with your updated uh, version, uh, reimagined version, apologies, uh, but like the idea that you can all these different kingships that aren't necessarily the Dungeon Dragons base ones, like you said, uh, like Wolfkin, uh, a duck person, accompanied by uh, some amazing illustrations by Johan as well. Uh, it, it instantly grips people, I think, just again, that sort of beauty about it. And like you said, the simplicity of it, this idea of rolling a d20 and getting under your skill value and having that that idea of advantage disadvantage of a, a boon and a bane and then rolling a demon and rolling a dragon i don't want to term it like dungeons and dragons like because that's not what it is at all but i feel like i would introduce people to role-playing games using the system rather than using dungeon and dragons because i just which I, I just because i just feel like it's such a interesting and more imaginative way of doing it and it's just not overwhelming at all it's very straightforward what you can do in that front yeah and I, absolutely what we're kind of hoping for also because that's one of the reasons we actually decided to do it in English is, is precisely that we have we have other fantasy RPGs, but we felt yes. this one is perfect to be if you meet someone who has perhaps not played a lot of role-playing games before, mm -hmm. and it's like a bit overwhelmed by all of these games. It's like, where should I start? And this for us is like the perfect game to put into the hands of that person. It's like, try this game, you know, just it has everything you need in, in this box and 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 it's straightforward, easy to get into and, and easy to play. And and that's so yeah, it's definitely has some of that uh, what la that you mentioned. It's uh, that, that kind of straightforward mechanics and and uh, and easy to get into, and that's kind of what we want to do with it. It's also for experienced role players. Can you know can be done for you know, but but yes, it definitely is a good game for for beginners. And I mean, congratulations on that Kickstarter as well, funding it in four minutes as well. And just looking at the number of, of stretch goals, you have like lots of adventures planned for it. And obviously using a variety of famous uh, authors as well. Like, that's actually really exciting. Because I think for uh, previous uh, free league stuff, you've done the same thing that you've got as scenarios coming out and all that sort of thing. But I was just like, wow, there's so much here and so different. It's actually, it was for me, I was like, this is actually really exciting and stuff. So I was wondering if you could talk about maybe some of the reimagined stuff that you did. Because like, from what I read on the, the Kickstarter, Obviously, you've got that sort of historical uh, dragon bane, sort of like a sort of that nostalgia coming in, but also with a free league twist on it, which I always love that sort of twist that you always do. So, could you tell us some of the updates, some of the reimagining uh, stuff you have done for this uh, for the new version? Yeah, sure. I mean, there are some parts uh, mechanically, game wise, that are different. I mean, we're adding something we have in our money, many of our, of our other games, uh, which use what we call the Year Zero engine. There is something called a push mechanic where you can yes. kind of re roll and to some. A risk or a penalty of some sort, you get to re-roll a dice roll. And we added this. This is not normally part of, of, of Dr. Mona or, or the traditionally. This is something we've added in this mm -hmm. version as an optional rule, not to you know upset the purists too much so, so they don't have to do it. <laughs> so, but yeah, and we feel that's a nice twist to kind of it, it we like it gives a nice little bit of extra excitement around you know a, a dice roll. So that's part in the mechanics, we're doing things like that. We're also removing some of the stuff that have been a bit problematic 
traditionally in the game that for example combat which is you know it, it can be quite in the early editions that could be quite slow and cumbersome and it can mm. take a long time and we figure we don't want that we don't want something faster so we have kind of tweaked things to make it a bit more energetic and, and faster but then there's also in the in the adventures that you mentioned we have doing a combination of completely original adventures but also some new versions of classic Dragon Bane or Dr. Demona adventures. Of course, they will not be familiar for an international audience, but for the Swedish audience, they're kind of fun to have yeah. something that they a bit know a bit about, but but still fresh and new. And we're kind of taking what we feel kind of captures the feeling of, of the best of the early stuff and also working with some of the authors who wrote some of that early stuff, but also we have new authors who are just, you know, younger authors who are just starting out. So we have a bit of a mix of the old and the new also among the team of, of writers. So that's really what we want to capture with the whole game is that, yes, there is a piece of nostalgia and, and then, you know, and, and like an heritage of this game, but it's not, a, it's not a retro copy of a game it's a new game for now that has you know a history but it's definitely a modern game for for now for this for this age and just to talk quickly about the core book itself in uh, you've described sort of that there's going to be sort of a, a campaign setting known as misty veil i wondered if you talk a bit about that because from what i understand from my i will a bit very little knowledge of the of the original game there wasn't necessarily a setting to begin with obviously with expansions if there was some so this is this a, a brand new setting completely or is it a reimagined one i'd be very interested to know yeah, no, it's basically the what we are doing, this this area, the Misty Vale, it, it's fairly, it's not like, a, it's not a continent, it's not the whole world that we're describing, it's, it's just one valley, maybe, mm. yeah, so it's, it's it maybe 100 miles wide or something, so not huge, it's fairly, so basically the idea is that we describe this area in some detail, but we're not stating in any, what's outside of it, so you can kind of create your own world or use, uh, you know, place it in the world of your choosing. So it's fairly setting agnostic in that sense. So this Misty Vale is just the setting for the introductory adventures. All of them, I think we have nine now or something. Yes. Uh, so they will all be set in this area if you want them to. Uh, but we are not describing the entire world, what's outside. And that's that's intentional. Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes back to the original, the early editions that they were also setting agnostic. They did not have a setting as such in the game. Uh, later, there was settings created for this game uh, mm -hmm. for the Swedish editions. And some people have strong emotions and, you know, played a lot in these settings, but we feel this should be also to make it more easily accessible. We, we also don't want a detailed setting that you kind of have to learn before you can play the games. We're right. kind of leaving that for later. So this is more of a micro setting that, that more than a complete world. And then we will probably explore more parts of the, of the setting uh, later on in expansions and so on, but basically we want to keep it fairly open and and leave much also to be created by because we have you know stuff created by the community and 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 so we don't want to lock down the world but rather create a toolbox for players and groups to, to use yeah no and absolutely yeah i was going to ask if you'd planted to expand this book because of course you would uh, <laughs> it makes total sense and yeah like i think you alluded to it there a little bit but you, there is plans to have an open license with uh, dragon board as well like you have done with other previous freely products as well which is so wonderful and i wish more uh, rpg companies would encourage that because it because you get such vibrant communities around i've spoken to uh, other colleagues who obviously have done Merkborg and uh, death in space and stuff and how you know generating content and people are really excited and want to create their own and just be able to share it with people so uh, yeah i 
I, I'm always a big sort of fan of those open licenses. And actually at the end, one of the other stretch goals that you, you folks put in is a solo mode. Was that a, a deliberate decision? Because uh, as someone, I play a lot of solo RPGs myself, and I'm always grateful that uh, it is uh, put into these games. So obviously you had it for the One Ring and all that sort of thing. Just that having a chance to do solo mode, was that a, a deliberate decision you wanted to do for Dragonbane? Yeah, it's something we've been more and more uh, doing more and more recently, and uh, we think it's a nice addition because one of the obvious, you know, hindrance. I mean, it can be an obstacle to you know have the time or, or get a group together. I mean, it's, so it's it's great to have a, a way to play an RPG even without that if you want to. So that's we've just been doing it now. I mean, for for the One Ring, we're uh, and uh, for some of the other games as well, we're doing it for Vazen, we're doing it for Twilight 2000 and, and so on. So, and we figured it it would make sense. I mean, I think it's just a, a, a way to, because this game want to be playable by everyone and, and giving, you know, offering a solo mode is a way to just, have more people try it out we're also doing virtual tabletops which is another way of, of making the game more playable and accessible on uh, even if you can't gather four people around a table every time so it's it's definitely something where solo modes and, and virtual tabletops are, are two ways of uh, kind of making the game easier to for people to to get into and try out and, and play so yeah it's probably something we'll try to do for most uh, in most of the games that we do i mean where it's possible for some games it's sure. a bit harder depending on the game what how it works but, but yeah generally we, it, it's something that we do a lot on that right now yeah as someone i appreciate like like you said it's it's not an obstacle but it is kind of obstacle when you don't have the required free minimum people to play uh, a game and so for me as well, because I like I like learning the game through playing it. So having a solo mode. So I know obviously Call of Cthulhu does a similar thing where you can play through the scenario and learn the rules as in. So yeah, I can totally see that as well. And I've just started my own uh, solo play of what, the One Ring as well. So what was the most challenging part for when you were sort of uh, obviously you're at the end of this project now? Uh, it's coming out. Uh, you're doing the Kickstarter, all that stuff. But what was the most challenging part for you uh, bringing it forward? Was it necessarily the writing, or was it more? I don't know, expectations, that sort of thing. So it's obviously such a big project, such a, as you sort of alluded to, such a big thing in Sweden. Probably, yeah, like you said, that it's it's uh, here, it's, it's a lot of people have strong opinions about it and they all have their favorite edition and strong opinions on how Dr. Mourner or Dragonbane should be and what, you know, what, what is, you know, this is, if you do this, it's not no longer Dr. Mourner for me anymore. It's something else. And, you know, there's a lot of that, which you get every time you make a new edition of a, you right. know, a beloved game with a long history. So I think that was, it's been a lot of fun, but also a bit challenging sometimes to manage uh, all of these expectations that you get uh, on the game. So that's, that's been, you know, interesting and fun but also challenging sure uh, uh so that but that's like you said it's, it's mostly or on the on the on the you know swedish side of things where people have <laughs> you know some kind of expectations on what this will be so of course of course well then was there a particular part that you did find like that was this was like oh this is amazing what was the most fun part of this process to bring uh dragon bane to to the world uh, we, we, one thing that was great fun is that I mean we play test every uh, every game we do obviously uh, in, in, first internally and then we have external play tests and so on. But this one we play tested for quite a long time through. I mean we internally and and just getting back into this world and building it. It's really built by play testing a lot. So that and that has that process was a lot of fun and just you know the very creative spirit that in this group where we tested things, changed it, played again, and we played through all of these uh the i mean there were the adventures back then were some of them were just 
tracts and some were more done and so on. But we played through all of this stuff and that was a lot of fun. And, and I think it made, uh, you know, uh, led to, to a, a better game in, in the end to have that kind of creative process of yeah. playing and designing at the same time. What would be your main advice for somebody, uh, anyone, a, a new person to Dragonbane or an experienced veteran? They're picking up uh, your book. What would be your main advice for them to run a game in Dragonbane? I mean, I think for this game, uh, it's a good advice to kind of relax a bit and have fun <laughs> and not be, you know, too, too, uh, it, it's okay to be a bit, you know, silly at the table. You don't have yes. to be super, super serious. I mean, there are games that needs to be played straight and serious. Otherwise they break down. This one doesn't really do that. If you have a, you know, a, a duck wizard throwing fireballs, it's okay to laugh. You know, it, <laughs> it doesn't have to be, it's, it's fine. So I think, that kind of attitude is probably, if you want to, it's probably not the game for you. If you want to keep it, you know, super grim, dark, and serious, then it's probably Absolutely. not. There are other games that work better for, for if, if, if that's what you want. So, Absolutely. yeah, for this one, keep it light and fun. I think that's the best advice. That's just good advice for RPGs in general, to be honest. But that I agree. True. I agree. Yeah. If you want your grim, dark stuff, maybe, I don't know, maybe Twilight. Uh, yes, <laughs> you you can definitely. Oh, yeah. My final question is that, is there any sort of future plans uh, that you could talk about, obviously? Um, but if not, where can we find uh, Dragonbane? Where can we get it? And where can we find, if you want to find out more about Free League, where can we go on the internet to find it? Yeah, right. Uh, we have lots of plans for the game. Uh, expansions, mostly adventure expansions uh, that we're starting on now. But but yeah, uh, that's yes. definitely stuff coming. And yes. uh, right now, the Kickstarter is still rolling for another week when this <gasps> is recorded. So there yep. is... There's that, uh, so you can just find it fairly easily uh, on Kickstarter, uh, Dragonbane, and uh, yeah, and, and also Free League. You can find us in we have, you know social media and also freeleaguepublishing.com uh, uh, is our website. You can find all of our stuff there. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Thomas. I appreciate having a very quick chat about it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the quick start and I'm really looking forward to, to when the final copy comes out and playing games in it. So thank you. Great. Thank you. I'm hoping to do more of these special Q&A bonus episodes in future, including Q&As on the one shots we've done here at What Am I Rolling? If you have a question or think of an RPG designer you'd like to see interviewed on this podcast, let us know. Our email address is whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Great. See you next time.